0: So, this is what I have been feeling and um, one thought which kept coming because very often we see ashram, darshan day is a very special day everywhere and um, I have been far away and then I I am now in the ashram and this used to come that, um, oh how special, how beautiful it is, you know, people who are in the ashram and they can go for darshan and... (laughs) I have been in places where there was not even a centre. And then there is something which I read from Sri Aurobindo which I can share, which is also very special. A disciple who was sitting on the staircase, uh, which takes us to the Sri Aurobindo's room. And if you have noticed, there is a very nice, beautiful thing written out there, statement of the mother, cling to truth. I have always felt it's a double reminder. Double reminder means when we are going to Sri when we are going to the Divine, when we are going to the Lord, cling to truth. Whatever is your understanding of truth at that moment, show him that. Don't put a coat of falsehood over you and go. So it's not about showing how good a guy I am with nice dress and nice this thing. But... Just present yourself just as you are in utter, like, you know, Krishna and the gopis without any robes which obscure and mask. So we should not wear masks before the divine. So this was my understanding that when we are going to the Lord, because otherwise what is truth, you know, (laughs) cling to truth. We have to find the truth to really cling to it. It's not something which is um, the truth of opinions, not a truth of ideas. Not a truth of my momentary feeling, but something very profound. And when mother was asked uh, about it, she said, uh, truth cannot be defined. But those who are keen, they will know it at each moment. So she has used the word in the form of original Sanskrit word Dharma. It is something which reveals itself as you progress and grow. So this was my understanding that when you are going to the staircase up to meet your window and the mother, Cling to truth, do not uh, cover it up in that sense. Of course, if truth has been revealed to you, that is the best. And the second part of it, as a corollary, was that do not cling to anything else, do not cling to other things and carry them with you to the Lord. So, it is a corollary because um, we sometimes carry a whole multitudes inside our head, so that we should not be doing when we are going to the Lord, we should only hold the truth of our being, our deepest aspiration and it comes automatically. I am sure everybody experiences that when we go to Shurabindu's room, spontaneously the deepest aspiration comes out. But then when I when we come down, come back, I feel that is a much deeper reminder that when we go to the world, then cling to truth because there is something we have seen, something we have experienced. Something we have known, something we have understood, but most importantly, we have felt the touch of the Lord. And I think it's so important to just hold on to that. Because as we go through life, there is a tendency for all this to go into the background. And that's where I think today's message is so important. Because uh, when we move through life, through yoga, many things will happen, many things will come. In fact, the message is out there. Maybe we can read it. It's a very powerful message. Right there you will find it. It's a portion from Synthesis and, and shobindo gives us, um, it's from the chapter Faith and Shakti, from the Synthesis. And shobindo actually reveals us the power of faith in this particular chapter. So many times as we go through the journey in life, as in yoga, many things will happen, many things that will bewilder our mind, create confusion, doubts, they may come in the way of our hearts, giving to the divine, but they will come and go away, hold on to that central faith, because while truth is still far cry for most most of us, but faith is something so readily available to us and faith is a reflex of the same Truth which resides in our being. How do we know Mother and Sri are divine? Well, through the eye of faith we know it. It's not by this proof or that proof. And to those who are ready for the path, it is revealed, as simple as that. So this faith, the highest faith we can find within ourselves, we must hold on to it. Because that is the great journey of yoga. And this is the reminder which we read today. In the yoga, as in life, it is the man who persists unwearied to the last in the face of every defeat and disillusionment. Many things will come. Many times one may feel as if you know one has tried and tried and it has not worked out. Things are not working out. Things are failing. And yet one has to persist with faith. And mother gives several examples. She gives the example of the hunter who whole night was shooting arrows in the dark. And in the morning he gave up, late night he gave up all effort. He was tired and he said, I have failed. But in the morning when light came, he realized that there were many, many of the things he wanted were already there because his arrows had shot them. So effort is like that, that it doesn't always bear a fruit immediately and it gives the impression of defeat. But all these defeats are, as Sri says, pregnant with victory. They always prepare us for something greater and greater. And after many approximations, finally one arrives at the real thing. So he says you have to persist despite defeat. Then disillusionment. Disillusionment obviously comes because the mind starts with some idea, either of yoga or the divine. And as it goes further and further, these are like scales which are bound to drop off from our Very often, for example, it's very common to see here and I am sure in other places also. You know, one is told that don't worry, you move on the path and mother will protect you. And of course she protects you, but you know, when you see somebody go through a challenging time and then you wonder, I remember many years back, someone had um, uh, told me with, with a note of disappointment that you know that man and referring to some great personality i won't uh, take his name but he was a great intellectual who has written books and many things and the person said see how helplessly he was lying on the cot uh, all his my intellectual faculties gone he was into a state of dementia so this man was uh, who was referring this to me was actually going through a state of disillusionment that, see, he was such a big devotee and look at what happened to him. But if you see from the eye of faith, you see a different uh, thing altogether. When he told me this, so I shared my own understanding immediately, which I can share here. So to me, it appeared as a marvelous state. I said, see, this faculty on which he was so proud and he approached the divine through this intellect. Suddenly, the divine took away and he was lying helpless." So for a change, devoid of all this faculty, his inner being must be feeling that now really I have become a little babe in front of the Divine Mother. So very often props and things we hold on to in this yoga, they are taken away from us so that we can learn to hold on to the one single truth. And with that we can come back, we will go to the message but coming back to the story that this disciple was sitting on the staircase. So he had a thought that I want to see the mother in her room. And he wrote to Shobindu that I was sitting on the staircase and I had an intense desire to meet the mother in her room, to go to her room and meet the mother. And Shobindu gave a reply which was very relevant to me personally because once I wanted to visit Shobindu's room. 2 days before my birthday because i had to go away on posting so i had asked permission to visit shubhindra's room and i was told no no it is only on birthdays that we give so i said all right bit disappointed i sat below and one of my most marvelous experiences i had sitting there below so this one this reply of shubhindra is very important and it's this is something we should hold on to always and he says but the coming near to the mother should be in the inner rooms, not the outer. For in the inner room, one can always enter and even arrange to stay there permanently. So I love this part that not only enter, you can actually stay there permanently. I said, this is something very beautiful. We don't have to wait till 17 November or 21st February Or for that matter, 15th August, we can arrange to stay there permanently. So what is required to really stay in the inner rooms with the mother? And the one thing which I felt that is required is just a childlike simplicity. I still remember earlier when I would go, there would be a kind of awe, you know, because you are entering the Lord's room and there are, you know, great sadhaks sitting out there who will tell you how long to wait for pranam and when to move on. But over a period of time, particularly once when I had the great uh, privilege to be with Champak Lalji for 20 days and, you know, there was a fixed time. And so, as we know, it was next to, it was part of Sri room actually. And one could go to meditate in Sri room anytime. And then I realized that one has to be so simple like a child. It's your, your room, your Lord's room. <laughs> Why should we be so tense? And most definitively, when in the mother's room, the opportunity to serve came. So I realized that the one thing which prevents us from living in the mother's room or Shirdi's room is what mother has used the word like a uh, amour propre. There is you know French word. We, we yeah we, we use kind of mass and we you know uh, are all the time. What is it? Yeah, we, we 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 live. We stiffen ourselves. It's the ego, which you know, always identifies with a whole lot of things and feels stiff, even within the ashram. You know, you'll see that sometimes people are very stiff. Oh, somebody will notice. Somebody will say something, and you know, we should be like a child. One of my you know, our friend mandeep's uh, experience I can share because. When he came just two years back, permanently. So his first darshan, he was very excited. And I think a day or two before darshan, it didn't happen on darshan day. He was uh, there in, um, you know, that meditation room. Your mother's mahasamadhi couch is there. And he put himself sastan. You know, dandavat pranam. He felt like this from inside. Sure enough, somebody shook him up. No, no, you are not supposed to do this here. So I loved his answer. His answer was, if I... I am not supposed to do this here. Tell me, where am I supposed to do this? <laughs> if you can't do it here, before the Lord, where do you do this? So he said, no, 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 it is not like that. He said, see, this is the Lord's room. I am here in that. So you should not raise your voice because the Lord is here. It came spontaneously to him. And I felt this was so beautiful because, you know, you you don't have those... Normally we are very inhibited beings, we are carrying, a, you know, our own personality and persona and the other person also brings his own personality and there is a reaction. But if we go with this idea, this is my, my mother's room, my original mother, my, for all lifetimes, this is their place and then life begins to change. So I think it's very important to connect with her at this level so that we can always be with her and she can always be with, you know, us. These, um, there are people who didn't go, incidentally, to visit um, mother during Darshan days. This I am speaking of after 1950s. So, one of them was Vyari uh, Bhai. I think he used to work in the dining room, banana service. So, someone asked the mother, he doesn't come for your Darshan. So, mother says it's not needed for him. Why? She says, "Because I am always in Him and He is always in me, and He is fully conscious of it." Very simple person, and he knew when he is going to leave his body, and he actually told someone that by evening I would have gone. Don't you know? Keep things like this. This He lived in a very simple way. So the question arises: If that be the real truth, then what really is the significance of going? to the room. Is there a significance? And Sri would tell us, yes. Why? Because this inner movement must always be complemented with the outer movement. And that is where we understand the difference between just an inner experience and an inner path and when it is even the outer participates but with the true spirit. In other words, the outer darshan may be a very mechanical thing. We wear nice clothes, we go in time. And we feel, ah, wonderful, I have, (laughs) when we come back much the same. Of course, something does percolate. Or an inner state where we understand that, you know, it's an opportunity to meet the Lord. It's It's a gift of grace. And when we take it with that approach, with that attitude, then it makes a wonderful difference. See, we can, yeah. No, no, I am reminded of something, you know. <laughs> I am reminded that uh, on 15th August, when clothes have come all washed, I feel about Shoravindra, you know, this line we had, we were reading today, you know, how I understood it is a day of great amnesties. Yeah, it is a day of great amnesties when uh, much error is when all our past errors are effaced. So, you know, how I understood that, how does the Lord do it? Is it just a sentiment that on 15th August, Mother has spoken about it to one of the disciples, that, you know, it is a day of great amnesty. Amnesty, as you know, is pardon. So, those who are in a state of prison or something, like we are all in prison of the ego, though we think ourselves free, so you are pardoned. For whatever reason you are in the prison, you are let free. So... uh, As I was contemplating on this uh, very powerful statement that what is it Mother has revealed that on 15th August, it's a day like that. So basically what it means is that normally we blame this person, that person for error, for sin, for mistakes. But actually the soul is always free, it is always beautiful, it is always pure. So what goes wrong? It is the sheath in which we enter. The moment we enter into matter, all the past impressions... All the past uh, doings of animal kind and dinosaurs and reptiles, they all crawl inside because they exist as impressions. And added to it are the energies that we have let forth, which are unfinished curves of our evolution. And they all come up and imprison us. So what does the Lord do? He takes the sheath. He comes into the same prison. And his presence is such. By the mere presence, he Cleanse it dry. Because this is the action of the Lord. When you put love, divine love, what does it do? It transforms. It is It's very nature to transform. And if we really look at some of the past statements, it is not only about Sri that Mother is saying. Look at what the Gita says. The Gita says something very similar, very powerful. And Sri says this doctrine is for the great and the strong. What is it? He says, Aham twas sarva pape bhyo mokshi shami if you turn to me and surrender to me, then I will deliver you from all sin and evil. Do not grieve. The same thing we hear Christ saying. So these avatars, which are descents of the divine in humanity, by the very fact that they assume a mortal robe, they, can, they act like a super detergent upon matter and clean it dry. And in a certain sense, it is done for the whole humanity. But for those who are open, the process is very fast and accelerated. In a certain sense, done for whole humanity. And actually, if you see, um, I don't know how it has been in Russia or other parts of the world. I guess in humanity was much the same at least. I know that 1916-17, people were hanged openly in India by civilized nations of the world so so i can say for sure there was jallianwala bagh where hundreds were massacred and um, humanity this was the state of humanity and look at what has happened soon after subindhu and the mother's advent today if you hang even a criminal or a terror t- terrorist there are questions raised humanity is thinking whether you should do it or you shouldn't do it now what is see change within hardly you know 60 years of supramental descent so I feel it is because it's a kind of amnesty where matter has been washed of many stains but because of the habitual grooves man will again try but then because the cleansing action is so strong and because the presence is so strong it it will be like a deterrent, it will be like a preventive so all this will come in the way and yet we have to Move on. So we should not accept disillusionment. We should not accept defeat. And then he also says today's message, and of all confronting hostile and contradicting events and powers. So this the path is not easy. Shubindu in one of his letters says that there is no yoga made easy like French without tears. So maybe we should say Russian without tears, at least for me, you know. Probably it will be as difficult as, probably it is easier than French. But nevertheless, the thing is that in, in the path of yoga, many things come. And the mother has said that they will come because they want to test us how much we are ready for the next level. Not the divine. People often believe the divine tests us. And she says very clearly, my child, divine never tests you because divine knows us. She doesn't need to test us. She knows how thick water we are in. So she is always on our side, but still these forces have been, they have come into existence and this is their work, like the adverse forces. She has said that they will test us by telling us that we are no good, we are useless. Then they will bring guilt, they will bring all kinds of things. And mother says, whenever I meet some of these uh, fellows, all that I tell them is that, that okay, gentlemen, I know your instrument of sincerity, but you don't know grace. She reminds us about grace again and again, that there is grace. So disillusionment is likely to come, opposition is likely to come from various forces which will deny the passage. And yet we have to persist. All that is needed is to persist. And, um, you know, there are so many lessons about it. One, one I know about that a tree which keeps, you know, if, if the roots meet an obstruction of something rocky on its path, then it secretes a chemical which will eventually melt the rock and pass through. You know the evidence of this persistence is our service tree. Have you seen something? How service tree branches, some of them have come out from the ground, going through every obstacle they have come out it's so amazing. Every time one looks at it in the ashram courtyard, one feels wow, this is persistence. It breaks through all kinds of resistances and comes out. And even the plant eventually comes out because it's drawn to the light. And you put it under the soil, the seed will eventually come out. So all these things will come on the way. And yet we have to persist, contradicting events and powers. Everything will contradict our aspiration, come in the way. And yet one has to persist. And then Sri gives the same assurance who conquers in the end. So, who conquers in the end, who persists, regardless of difficulties. To believe that yoga will be easy and there will be no difficulties is to live in an illusory world. And one of the disillusion illusionments that people feel is when they find difficulties. People come to ashram and I have seen this. And, you know, in ashram there is a famous saying that for the first year you have to go through what is called as Brahmacharya phase. You know what is Brahmacharya phase? It's a very tough training. Tough training from everywhere, the people whom you felt were very nice, very sweet, they will shout at you suddenly, for no fault of yours, they will be very rude and rough, and you wonder what has happened, because you have to, it's it's like, do you still hold on, for the mother, for the mother, for the mother, not for human beings, not for anybody else, then you are through, so this is something which one faces. So many people don't understand. They even get impulse to go away, turn away. And I am aware of people who leave and go away. There are people who even after years could not stay and they went away. Because these things will come. They are there in the nature of the path. So if we believe that it is going to be easy, there is not going to be any opposition, then we are living in an illusory yoga. But real yoga is in real time. Even to the most... Surrendered one who is walking the sunlit path, who is strong inside, still the challenges will come. So what is the difference? Shogindu says the difference is those who walk the sunlit path, they face it with the right attitude and therefore they are always full of joy. It's not that difficulties will not come. So we are given a mantra of persistence and that person conquers in the end and finds his faith justified. Because we start a journey with the faith. It's a reflex of knowledge, but we don't know. It's just a faith that there is a supramental truth, there is the new creation, but we don't know anything about it. Even if we read all the books, we don't understand it, unless you start becoming it. And towards the later part, as you move on, move on, move on, then you understand. If you leave it halfway through and go away... That, well, I don't know, they talk about new creation and supramental, but we don't see anything. We see some rude and rough human beings (laughs) who are being chipped in their own turn. We don't realize what chipping is going on, you know, in everyone. So he says that who persists, that person conquers and finds his faith justified. So somebody may say, oh, this is very holy sentiment. Sri says, no, there is a logic to it. And the logic is because... It's a very powerful statement because to the soul and Shakti in man, nothing is impossible. The Shakti is the Divine Mother's presence and where the two come together. And here we again see something which some of us may remember from the Gita. Do you remember that line? Yatra partho yatra"? it comes at the end where basically it's about wherever there is Krishna the Lord, and wherever there is Arjuna, the disciple, Parth, there, there is victory. At the end of the whole Gita, when, Yatra Yogeshwara Krishna, Yatra 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 Partha Dhanurdhan. Yes. You know, it's very interesting. The The gist of the Gita. Gita is so much, you know, there is a war, there is bloodshed and whatever is going to happen. So at the end, Sanjay is asked by the blind king, that give me the gist. What is all this about? She says, Look, I can tell you one thing after seeing the whole scene and hearing the whole book. So, what is the truth? You have understood. He says, I know only one thing. Wherever there is Shri Krishna and wherever there is Arjuna, there there is victory. As simple as that. So, of course, Sri Krishna is the divine charioteer, and Arjuna is the human disciple. And wherever the two come together, there is victory. So this same thing we are seeing here, but on a much larger scale, there will be Mahabharata, there will be obstacles, there will be bloodshed sometimes, you have to bleed tears of blood. But in the end, what we should do is, we should let these tears of blood, their drops fall at the feet of the divine. And then what they turn into, they turn into petals of divine love. And the tears, when they sh- you shed ordinary tears, there are ordinary tears and tears of blood. <laughs> tears of blood are those that come from the depths of your heart. They turn into petals of divine love. And when normal tears, everyday life, they turn into pulse. So only thing that we have to do is persist and keep offering everything that happens on the way. At the end, we will find our faith is justified. And because to the soul and shakti in man, Nothing is impossible. I'm reminded of a line, a passage from Savitri, after which we can, you know, if there is any questions, we can have that. So the passage from Savitri is from the secret knowledge. It similar thing, but in a very different way. One who has shaped this world is ever its Lord. Our errors are his steps upon the way. He works. Through the fears, vicissitudes of our lives. He works through the hard breath of battle and toil. He works through our sins, our sorrows and our tears. So we may ask, so what should we do Lord? <laughs> you are working, what is our role? So he says, whatever the appearance we must bear. Whatever our strong ills and present fate. When nothing we can see but drift and bail, a mighty guidance leads us still through all. And then he gives us the grand assurance a date is fixed in the calendar of the unknown, an anniversary of our birth sublime. What is that birth sublime? All this is a prefixed match we are playing, <laughs> it is a prefixed event. So the day we plunged into creation, it was decided that thus shall it be. And time to time, we have to just remind ourselves. And when divine being comes, when he takes a human body and gives us the assurance, he is reminding us of the original promise of the Lord. The promise that stands always that one day thou shall become like me, just as I have become you. So this is the great promise. A day is fixed in the calendar of the unknown and anniversary of our birth sublime. Our souls shall justify its checkered walk. See a similar thing. The faith. Our souls shall justify its checkered walk. All shall come near that now is not or far. So All that seems far will come near us. And then the master two lines after we have served this great divided world We cannot escape. We have to go through life. And it is a divided world. After we have served this great divided world in a state of division, God's bliss and oneness is our inborn right. It is bound to come. We have to go through this in the spirit of service, love. And most important, we have to keep faith. Mother has said, my child, you must guard your faith as a priceless treasure. All other things, mistakes, errors is one thing. Faith, if that is getting clouded, watch out. Who is stealing it? Who is trying to rob it? Under what mask the forces are entering to eat away? Faith is something so precious. He has used the word like a priceless treasure. So it's the same gospel of faith that Sri the reveals today. With this message we will close. In the yoga, as in life, It is the man who persists unwearied to the last in the face of every defeat and disillusionment and of all confronting, hostile and contradicting events and powers who conquers in the end and finds his faith justified because to the soul and Shakti in man nothing is impossible. One more sentence of Shirdi. He said, "All that you need to know in yoga is that there is a soul within, and there is a grace above." Niroda asked him, "Sir, a most stimulating formula, yours. Is it as simple as that?" He said, "Yes. All that you need to know is there is a soul within, and grace above." So he said, "In that case." Even the cat, you mean, you know, cat, he talks about the baby cat attitude in that same series of correspondence. He said, yes, how do you know that the cat is not evolving? (laughs) That's all that is required just to be near. And this is a real example. You know, sometimes I wonder how mother has said so simply she has, you know, they have a way of saying and that's why I feel when we read Mother and Sri we should not get lost in the words but try to enter the state of consciousness. I'll give you this small little story. We all are aware of it that there was a cat called Kiki and she used to sit and meditate and she would leap on the chair and there are stories when Sri would come, she is sitting on the chair and the Lord would not disturb her and sit on the edge. It's a wonderful story of divine compassion and she said after her death passing away she, she used to go in trance and after her passing away she has taken a human birth of course he says it's a very primitive early humanity but a human birth he has taken so there are many meanings people derive from this story and all of them are true but i had a very different meaning yes all this is true but the biggest take home point for me was if a cat by merely living here the master and the mother can be engaged in yoga at least we are supposed to make some conscious effort <laughs> hopefully we are not worse off than the cat and this is what I felt you know that if there is hope for the cat if there is hope for all these creatures surely there is hope for us there is some aspiration I am sure something more than the cat is there more faith more this thing. So this story of the mother is not just about a cat, but it's about the great hope that look my child, we have made even a cat, she will not say like that, you know I made the cat leap many lives through yoga, she will not say that because that's the div- divine humility, she has told us a story, now we have to get the, what mother is trying to tell her children, that look my child, why are you bothered? Even a cat I am carrying on the path of yoga, why can't I carry you? Of course, in a certain sense, man becomes worse than the cat because of this. So all that we need is faith. Faith in the soul within and grace above. So we will stop here. If there is anything we can... Anything you want to read or... Still it is a day of so much joy and gratitude. So one thing yes remained, I think, uh, that then why should we go externally? So I just touched upon it that because the outer body must participate in the movement. You know, it is uh, believed in Indian tradition among the many stories, one of them is, uh, It's a story which comes in the context of the Mahabharata. That everyone, every time you go to a Tirtha. Tirtha is, uh, you know, holy spot. Where somebody has done tapasya. Says by the very fact that you walk up to that place, many of your sins go away. And it is said by Draupadi that each step you take is like a yagna. So, you know, you wonder again one of those hyperboles but if you look at it from a uh, different perspective well when the outer body participates in the journey then the knot of the problem which is in the body that begins to engage in yoga because while we all can engage in inner yagna but what is this outer yagna outer yagna of the body yoga of the body you know people write very complicated books and uh, they go into all kinds of scholarly derivations about yoga of the body. But to my understanding, a simple way of yoga of the body is to serve the divine. And if nothing else, to walk up to the divine. Now, each step you are taking is a yoga and a yagna of the body. Body is going to the divine. So it is actually engaging in yoga just as the mind goes to the divine. The heart reaches to the divine. And then you see that some, some of these uh, moments which are seemingly so light can be so profound. You know, when Amrita once entered the playground a little late. The class was going on. And mother who would suddenly spring up a surprise with him and there was such a beautiful relation. She asked Amrita, so Amrit, how far is the divine? So Amrita said nothing. He walked up to the mother and said, mother, 15 steps. He actually counted the steps. Mother, 15 steps. And I feel there is a great profound truth in it. The truth is that every time we walk, so though it is true that we can meet inside and this is a must, just mechanically is not enough. This is the primary. But even that movement can become beautiful and when the body engages. So I personally feel that, you know, people often say you don't have to go to Pondicherry, you can do everything inside. I feel they miss something very crucial. And the crucial thing is the joy of the body participating in going to the divine. They are not giving this joy to the body. And that's why when we come all the way, take the trouble. And I suppose when people from Russia and America travel, their greater grace because, you know, for us it is so easy. Now, imagine now, you, so many steps you are walking, 10,000 steps. So it's so much more grace. This, this, uh, this joy of reaching out. Now it's a fact, you know, I don't know. I mean, this has been my experience. When I used to travel uh, during my efforts days from Patiala and other places, take a train and come. I remember the joy that I felt all the way reaching here. And then, you know, you're wanting to go to the ashram. And then when you go, it's like, ah, you got your food. You got your air, which, you know, you were missing. Yeah, your water. That's right. Mm -hmm. Now when you're here, that joy is missing. Because your body has already got into this rhythm, that joy which from separation, that Long. coming all the way with the longing, because obviously, you know, you are going all the you have all the things on the way, experiences, good and bad or neutral, but your body is participating into the movement of yoga. And that's why again, serving the divine is so important. Whichever way, with your mind, thoughts, because you will need a brain for that, with, with words, with hands, with feet, with every organ serving the divine because the body must participate in the movement of inner change because that is the yoga of physical transformation, eventually. Okay, so we'll, we can stop here. And thank you.